When I met Connie Albers a few years ago, she was struggling with fear of overcoming technology to create a podcast. And boy, did she overcome her fears. Wait till you hear all the wonderful opportunities that have happened to Connie because of her podcast. And ladies, as I record this, Mother's Day is right around the corner. It's time to manifest a roadcaster for your own. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I want to play a quick clip because I always say, you know, if you look on my website, it says plan, launch, and grow. And that is really the three things I focus on because not everybody wants to monetize their podcast. And you're like, what? It's true. Some people just do it for fun. I was listening to Craig Van Zlikes. He has a show called Live Well and Flourish. You can find it at Live Well and Flourish where he wants to help you, you guessed it, live well and flourish. He's a member of the School of Podcasting, and at the end of the show, this came on. I produce Live Well and Flourish because of my dedication to helping others live excellent lives. I don't accept sponsorships, and I don't want your money. The only thing I want is to help you and others flourish. If you've received some value from this episode, please share it with someone that might also benefit from listening. The best way to do that is to direct them to livewellandflourish.com. Until next time. Thank you, Craig. Again, check him out, livewellandflourish.com. So I wanted to point this out because so many people in the different Facebook groups and Reddits and things like that, they're like, I'm not making any money and I feel like a failure. You don't have to make money with your podcast. If you're just doing it for fun or if you're Craig and you're just trying to help people live well and flourish, you don't have to make money. I give you the permission to do your podcast for fun and for therapy, and for whatever reason you're doing it. I I just see a lot of people like, ah, my show stinks. Why? I'm not making any money. Well, there are many, 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 many reasons to start a podcast, and it's not always about making money. The other thing I want to start out, because you know me, I like to jump right into the podcasting stuff. We're not talking French toast recipes here at the beginning of the show. And I was very happy when I heard Craig do the way you're supposed to tell people to subscribe to your show. And that is not, hey, find me wherever fine podcasts are provided. Because if you didn't know this, Spotify and Apple and and many of the other apps have horrible search tools. You think, you know, being big companies and all, they would have that down, but they don't. So instead, what do you do? You direct people to your website where they can subscribe and follow. And if you go to Live Well and Flourish, you'll see where in this case, Craig is using PodPage, which is a tool I recommend. You can actually try it for free at trypodpage.com. You can learn it for free at learnpodpage.com, but you send people to your website to subscribe. Why? Because number one, it reinforces your brand. In Craig's case, live well and flourish. And then it gives them the ability to subscribe in whatever apps you've given access to. And if you're listening to this in May, 
you'll hear the question of the month a little later about where you have your show listed. But a lot of people don't realize this, especially those in the U.S., and that is 70% of Europe is using an Android phone. Because I see so many times I go to somebody's website and they'll have the word podcast at the top of their page, which is great. And then you click on it and it takes you to Apple Podcasts. And I was like, boy, it must suck to be in Europe right now when you go to this person's website. So I love the fact that Craig directed people to his website and he has multiple ways to follow and subscribe to his show because in the end, it's all about the listener and you want to give them the easiest way possible to subscribe and follow to your show. If you're new to the show, I like to start off with a, either a quick tip like we just did or a, because of my podcast story. Now a, because of my podcast story is something that wouldn't have happened to you, but it did because you have a podcast. And if you can answer that question, I would love to hear it. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, and you can either record your answer right there or upload one if you want to record it yourself. I always love to hear those because it's just great to hear how people are having these great opportunities fall into their lap because of their podcast. And so you'll hear in this interview with Connie, Connie is a giant walking because of my podcast story, and she has phenomenal advice, especially for new podcasters. All right. Well, joining me today, two years ago, was it? that? Yeah, we met two years in, already. And I met Connie at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference. And how would you describe yourself at that first meeting? I felt like something was going to change in my life, a pivot. And I wasn't sure. I just, I'm not a techie person. So Dave, I went to that a conference that we'll talk about on a whim because I was asked to speak. And so usually as a speaker, I'm always invited to come and talk about how to get booked and paid to speak. Or I come and talk about how do you deliver a presentation? So that's what I was invited to do. I didn't have a podcast when I went and I was attending a podcast conference. And that is the voice of one Connie Albers, who is the host of Equipped to Be, which is a, you can find this first at ConnieAlbers.com. Equipped to Be is a podcast for Christian women. And basically, if you're trying to develop your gifts, your strengths, your talents, Connie definitely can help you with that. I know I met you and I was coaxing you into the podcasting pool. Like, come on, it's fun. Was there any hesitation to start one? Oh, absolute intimidation and fear and I know because I speak at a lot of conferences, Dave, I know a lot of techie people. And so I get intimidated because I can talk the talk. If I have to actually do it, I get lost. And when I thought about just the concept of doing a podcast, gosh, it struck fear in me. To be honest with you, I didn't know who to call, what to do, where to look. It's complicated to me. And for some people... They think, oh, it's just easy. And those are like the two words I always say is never say it's simple or easy because it's only simple or easy if you know how to do it. But on the other side of it, it's terrifying and it's confusing and it makes a lot of people not even try. So you went to that conference. Was that what inspired you to start the podcast or like when you went home, what finally made you go, okay, I'm going to do this? Since about 2014, 15, I knew several of the owners of different podcast conferences. So I would, again, I would go 
not having a podcast, but always feeling the stirring that that's what you need to do. So I didn't start early on like you did and some other folks did. I think I was slow to that for fear. But I went and I had applied uh, right before I attended this conference. To be honest, to our good friend Chris over at PodFest, he wrote a book called Start Ugly. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'll start ugly. I don't know what that even looks like, but I'll never get anywhere if I don't start. So that's what drove me to going to that conference. And that's where we started to connect because you and your typical teacher format, you just are there and you're offering tidbits and help. And you gave me a sense of, you know what, you can do this. You you can press this button. You can turn on this microphone. You can get into this show. And, you know, Dave will probably get into this, but there were a lot of little things that people didn't tell me about that just sitting with you for a little bit at that conference in the lobby chatting just gave me such a boost of confidence that not only could I do it, but I could do it well. You know, one of the things that was stopping you was fear. Fear of what? Yeah, that I would not be able to figure out the technology, that I would never understand what these techies know about stripping audio and editing it. And then what do you do? It's not a moneymaker when you first start. How much is it going to bleed the bank account completely dry? How much is the budget? My biggest fear was what would it actually cost? And how could I even begin to know? Words weren't a problem. Topics weren't a problem. It was the tech side of it all that I needed such help and support. And truly, Dave, I needed handholding. Yeah, I think we all need that occasionally, right? It's just like anytime you do anything that you've never done before. I mean, I'm lucky. I have a big brother. He's done everything I ever wanted to do first. And I, he holds my hand a lot still to this day. So do you remember when you launched the podcast? Yes. We were at a conference in Houston, like first, second week of March, right before the world changed in 2020. I had already applied via a friend who was techie who said, ah, you could do this. And I called my son and I said, hey, this is, I need help. He's a sound engineer guy. And I said, I need this and this. And I had somebody who had already done a podcast, who is like a podcast producer, help me dot the I's and cross the T's. And they helped me find our hosting company. We helped me find like Audacity and GarageBand and all these things. And then they they walked me through how to do it. So I said, okay, we're going to take the plunge. I don't know if one or two people will listen to it, but I'll call my husband because that's what you do. Instead of running down the hall, you just call them. And I said, right. make sure you listen. I got to have at least somebody listening to the podcast. And that fear was more that it would sound awful, that nobody would listen that I would look like an idiot and I wouldn't know what to do. So those were the real fears. Now, so at this conference, it was a podcasting conference. I mean, on that Friday, as the conference was ending, it went live and they made such a big deal. I mean, just this little bitty me having a podcast with against people who have millions and tens of millions of downloads. They made a big deal. And as a matter of fact, you made a big deal about it. You were celebrating with me. And I will say, Dave, when you are supported by people who give you the slightest hint that they believe you can do this, it it fuels you for miles. I mean, do you ever have that happen to you? I was asked to sing at a wedding and I can play the guitar. And if I sing in my range, I actually sound okay. 
and my keyboard player, because when I sing in bands, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting notes that I should not be hitting, but because, you know, that kind of thing. And he said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting married and I want you to sing at my wedding. And I was like, uh, excuse me. He's like, no, I have this song. He goes, just like, do your normal singing thing. Don't do the rock star thing. And I was like, all right. And he's like, I really like, he goes, I've heard you sing. He goes, cause one time he came to my church and he goes, I've heard you sing like normal. He goes, you have a great voice. He goes, just not the stuff we're doing. And I was like, huh, okay. So just having somebody that actually was like, yeah, I like the sound of your voice. So that gave me, and the fact it was his wedding, that was the other thing. I'm like, this is your wedding. Like there's no <laughs> do <do-overs laughs> here. Yeah, it's going to be on video. That was one that I was like, okay. And I did. I actually got up and, and everybody was like, that, I didn't know you could sing. And I'm like, well, I, I really don't. Well, okay. So do you remember by any chance how like the first time you checked your stats, like was it more than two? Well, yes, but I didn't even know how to... Let's go back before I could even start my chat, my stats. Okay. First, you had to, you had to, again, at this conference, you were celebrating as well as the other folks that were attending. And I don't know if you remember this, Dave. I didn't know anything. I just knew the names of podcast hosting companies. I mean, and there were a lot there that were pitching, you know, sign up with us. We're the best. And I just remember thinking, I didn't know. And so you were with a company and tell us what company you're with. That would be Libsyn, short for Liberated Syndication. So so I'm glad you said that because I was saying it wrong the whole time we were talking. Oh, and yeah. Lisbon, Libsyn, Libsync. I was. I've heard them all. And yeah. so finally you gave me, uh, you know, I, I just kind of learned, you, you gave me a picture of it and I never forgot. And so you actually, instead of trying to sell me on your hosting company, you showed me what your hosting company can do. And you went in on your computer instead of saying, oh, we'll just log in here and click, 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 click. You went in and you showed me a world I had not seen. I mean, I I wasn't familiar with it at all. And you showed me different aspects. Now, I know you teach this in the School of Podcasting. Like you walk people through the nuances of that. But you were saying, are you signed up for this player and this player? I'm like, I don't know how many are there? And you're like, a lot. And you sat there and you were saying, okay, well, I need to help you get signed up here. I need to help you there. That was the thing that sold me on going to Lipson is just because you sat with me and you showed me and that meant a lot to me. So not only did I get the confidence that I could do it, you celebrated because I was doing it ugly. You kind of helped me get one or two steps ahead that I don't know when that would have happened. So I didn't look at the first stats. I'm not even sure how many weeks we launched before I looked at any of them because it was so important to me. You said to me, it's going to take you a couple years. I hung on that. I think you said it's going to take you a couple years to find your voice. And then somebody else said, or 100 episodes, thereabouts. So literally, we just celebrated the, the 100th episode and our second year. And in that course of two years, Dave, we missed one recording. And that was because of a death. I could not pull it together. You know, I tried to record, but it didn't make sense. And I thought, nah, nobody's going to want to listen to that nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very important key is I didn't focus on the stats as much as I focused on, is this good? Is this something people are interested in, in learning from? And, and I know stats are a part of that. But when you're first starting off, in my opinion, you can get really discouraged because you're not getting 1,000 downloads. Well, unless they're, you know, you or somebody famous. No, <laughs> no. Uh, that's awesome. So that is great advice right there that 
you know, you're focused on making it good because if you make it good, then the stats will come once your audience starts sharing it in that whole nine yards. So what's great about this is it's now two years later. I see you at, at the same conference and I said, any because of my podcast stories and you rattled off many. And I was like, okay, hold on. We just need to have you come on and start sharing <laughs> these. So do you remember kind of your first, you know, thing that you were like, wow, that wouldn't happen except of my podcast? Well, honestly, the listening audience that we had, I wouldn't have had without your guidance and help and the investment of time that you had you had sent and the common sense of all of it, just knowing, searching for finding who you are, what you want to say, being succinct. Well, I know there was something about you've been on TV. Yes, I guess I would say because of the podcast, because I was willing to take the plunge and not really know what I was doing or how I was going to do it or what the outcome was going to be. I would say the outcome has been having a podcast landed me as a contributor to media. So I, I am a parenting subject matter expert on a news channel that has about 1.2, 1.5, some million listeners. And I'm, the per, I'm their go-to person. I wouldn't have had that had I not had the podcast and they were easy, it was easy for them to go hear my voice. I did some social media plugs so they could see me and hear me. How did I speak? Stuff like that. It also led its way to me being able to be a guest podcaster on well over a hundred shows. Right after the world changed, I immediately turned my podcast from what I was doing to a series called Hoping Crisis, which got picked up by another national, well-respected organization. And I did a series of nine, five to seven minute clips on Hope in Crisis because as COVID was starting, people were scared and they were very afraid and they just needed some calm reassurance that we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. But those wouldn't have happened had I not had this podcast where I had taken the time to get the equipment you know, I don't have top of the line equipment, but I don't, I made sure that I did invest. And that was something you had encouraged me was to invest in certain equipment that has made the sound quality better, that has made the being able to have a guest on my program. I get call-ins. I would not have had that happen either had I not had those conversations. So, and then more recently, I've been able and asked to be a co-host. I'd already done a lot of radio work uh, when I was promoting my book. But my book released in 2019, Dave, and it was great, an amazing launch. And one year later is when things changed, but I had pivoted right at that moment where I was able to transition from one medium to another. And so it also has now facilitated me being a guest on radio because I have the equipment and the knowledge to go on other shows and help them and serve their listeners. So you said you did 100 interviews. How do you go about getting on other shows? Were they asking you? I would say if you're getting, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you're new to it, really take the time to go to podcasting conferences. There's some really good ones and you may want to plug them, but there's some friends of mine and they host a great conference. It's not a, a just a sales pitch. People that are there, yes, a lot of the vendors are there to showcase their products, but they also give a lot of valuable tips and resources. But my favorite part is hanging out in the hallway 
which is where, you know, we pulled up in that, uh, you know, we were sitting in the lobby and having those conversations with people that are in the industry. Once that happens is you start to build these relationships with other podcasters. And when you build relationships and you have that connection, if there's a good fit and that niche is the right energy, the right audience, people want you on their show because if you know what you're talking about and you deliver that information well, people want you on your show, on their show. And a lot of them do a vetting process. They do want to know a little bit more show prep. Some don't, but all of them are in the business to try to serve their audience. So I would say it's a mix of people I've met at conferences and then people that just inquire, like I have a submission form. So people will say, hey, I've got this person, a publicist for a book or a publicist for somebody who's got a new product coming out. They'll pitch me and say, hey, do you think this is a good fit for your audience? And it either is or it isn't. And we go with it or we don't because their goal is to serve their listeners. And my goal is to serve mine. And so it has to be a beautiful blend so that both sides get some benefit out of it. Absolutely. I always say you're the goalie between you and your audience. And if somebody tries to, here, put this on your show and it doesn't fit, it's up to you to go, yeah, that's not going to work at all. Yeah. Also, I know you mentioned you had been on TV. Was there also talk of you becoming like some sort of on-air person, like go-to, like part of their staff? Or was that the part of the staff you're talking about? I am their person on a specific topic. And so if something's coming up in the news, it's always uh, around current events, what's happening. It's a morning segment. And sometimes it's every week, sometimes a couple times a week, sometimes it's a, it's a month. But that connection and that relationship is there. It's been two years now. If I feel like something is, you know, kind of brewing in this area of education and parenting and technology, then I will write the producer and said, hey, there's a new article that's just been published. And I think your listeners would really want to hear some conversation about this. It's gotten to the point now, Dave, well, they will tell me, absolutely write your talking points and send them over to the producer. And then they'll send them to the anchor and we'll just kind of go back and forth. But it has led, the doing the podcast has led to those consistent doing on air. Most of the studios still haven't been bringing people on in person. They're still kind of doing the on air. But the beauty of what has allowed me to do that, Dave, is having the right equipment. I was ready. So when the call came, I had already done the homework. I've got the equipment. I've got the lighting. I've got all the things. So when they bring me on, I look professional. I look like I'm not you know, down in a basement with an echoey sound. It's a professional look. So it makes them look like, wow, they've got this person who must know what they're talking about because just look at their setup. Now, what is Connie using in her setup? She'll tell you right after this. Yeah, and you're using right now the ATR2100, which is less than 100 bucks. You don't have to mm-hmm. spend a gazillion dollars. So that's, uh, I always say, it, it doesn't cost a million dollars to sound like a million dollars. So was your book before or after you started a podcast? It was a year before. Okay, so did you see any difference between book sales before and book sales after? Yes, mostly because I had that opportunity to share the message. I wonder sometimes, Dave, I really do. What would what would that book launch have been like had I had a podcast before? 
it did really, really well. When uh, my book launched, it was number one, new hot releases on Amazon in its category. But it just made me think, if I would have had the podcast, I could have done so much more because I would have been in control. I wouldn't have been waiting for somebody to, or my publicist or our marketing team to book me on shows or radio or podcasts. I could have done it myself. I would have had more say and more control. So I will certainly be ready as I'm working on a new project right now. I've already laid out my marketing strategy. It's like 52 pages, what I'll do differently. Well, and and now you've got those relationships now to fall back on so that when it comes time to promote it, you'll have uh, you know a network to lean on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, any other fun things that have happened because of your podcast? Well, I'm actually on a weekly uh, syndicated radio show. There and you again, go. having the equipment that initially I was told I needed to have, and I'm thinking, oh, that's so expensive. It has paid itself back in spades. I've got the right lighting. I've got a sound system that I use. I have a system that we implemented and we've paid for a few things. But I think honestly, Dave, I probably got everything I needed. And this may this may be a lot to some, so don't get intimidated. You don't have to do it the way I did it. But I was truly not a techie person. But for about eight, nine hundred dollars, I was able to and I'd love to And that is what I call an internet hiccup in this case, and I'm not sure why. I was using Zoom to record this instead of Squadcast. If you use Squadcast, you don't have internet hiccups. I'm kind of kicking myself right now. More equipment, because that's kind of that geek side that when you do start getting into it, you want to look at, oh, what would be better? Um, But you don't have to start with the high-end stuff. My stuff, you know, it's it's not top of the model. You know, I certainly wouldn't be able to do a concert or anything, but it serves its purpose for what I'm doing. And I guess I would say this, Dave, and you probably say this because you've got that like calm, reassuring voice. Um, (laughs) You start where you are and then you grow in your role. So as you find your voice, as you Find your your listeners. Some people call them your tribe. I, they're just my people, people who I can share helpful hints and practical tips with. As that grows, then you're able to expand. There's a really well-known radio personality. Uh, his name is Brant Hansen. Early on, he said, when you're talking to your audience, don't waste their time. Mm. He said, just because you tell a funny joke and somebody sends you an email and says, oh, I really like that joke. That was just hilarious. It made my day. Don't think that you need to tell those kind of jokes every day because that's not an indicator of what your audience is really wanting. They they want you to tell them what you're going to get. Don't ramble. Some rambling is kind of fun, but don't ramble and go off point where your listeners can't walk away with their takeaways and, and they can at least have a few important things that they want to think about. And I call them ponderables. Well, that's amazing though. How did that come about? I mean, I know it it happened, it happened easier because, you know, you've got the microphone, you've got a roadcaster and you said you have lighting. What kind of lighting did you buy? I have the newer ring light. It's a bigger one. Yeah. And then I have this cute little cute. Of course I'm a girl. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I have another one. I don't know what it is. That's all right. I just I just tell people, hey, what do I need? And they'll 
he'll tell me and I'll tell my son and he goes and researches it for me. So sorry, I can't help you with names, but I have a smaller ring light for when I travel. Like when I go on vacation or I'm on a road trip speaking, you ha- you still have to have good lighting if you're doing an interview. So I always travel with a smaller compact um, lighting system so I can you know get the hotel room ready to go. And I usually have a case for my... Um, my system. Do you want to tell them what my system is? Do you yeah, the, 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 the Roadcaster, Roadcaster Pro. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We have dueling Roadcasters going right now. I have one and you have one. So. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's the Roadcaster has saved my butt um, many times because you can have somebody call in on it. And I know this isn't a plug for Roadcaster because I'm not an affiliate. I should be, but um, yeah, I pretty much, you were telling me how wonderful it was and why I needed it. And I came back from that conference going to my husband, hey, you know, uh, my birthday's coming. I literally, I'm not kidding you. My my birthday is coming up and that conference just happened. So I came back with my list of what I want, you know, like my right. birthday wishes instead of, you know, don't get me a Manny or Petty, get me a Roadcaster or have, you know, I have a lot of kids. So I'm like, hey, if all of you pitch in this much, mom can have this Roadcaster and she can talk to her heart's content. But the Roadcaster has been awesome because I can have phone guests. I can have people in my studio. I do have a studio here at the house. I can bring people in. I can have more than one person. And that has been a lifesaver, especially when you're doing a radio show or you're doing some kind of filming for a course. It's just really good. And I love the fact that I can record on it and it stays until I have time to upload it. Yeah. And that's a big feature for for me personally. Yeah, it's it does make things easier. So you you said you got invited to to be on this radio show, and one of the reasons it was easier is because you had this great equipment. But did they just you know happen to be walking down the street and said, "Oh, you know what? I I, I think this is where Connie lives." Like, how did that happen that you end up on the radio? Um, I was actually at another conference. Uh, I think I'm probably known for Connie and conferences. Um, my <laughs> my kids will say now it's pretty much oh mom's going to be gone this week. Um, now my kids are all grown and they're out of the house, but mm. they were, you know, they'll often text me and say, "Are you having fun?" And I want to say, "I'm working." <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. having a great time, but it's work. And so I was at a conference working for uh, on a project, and at this dinner, I met somebody that was sitting at our table, conversation happened and they started saying, hey, I'm getting ready to start a nationally syndicated radio show. Are you interested in like being my guest? I was like, sure. And it's turned into much more than I ever expected it to turn into. And, you know, my goal is to make that that host look good. And I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna say a plug because it was something that I always say, and that is, if you're going to be a guest, whether it's on media, media, like when I do media for this radio, for this television station, or I'm doing a radio interview, or I'm coming on the Dave Jackson School of Podcasting show, your number one goal is not to sell you and your product. I know you want to do that. If you have a course or you're just like a whiz-bang SEO, whatever it is that you do, Yes, you may want to do that, but you're, I'm, I'm just going to, people will disagree with me, but your number one goal, goal is to really make uh, your listeners walk away with something valuable that they didn't know and to make your host 
look good. It's their show. They're spending the time and money to do this. You want to make them look good. And and there's a there's a, a balance to talking about what you do. And because it's your show, and I'm not, I don't want to hijack it, hijack it. You've done something that people could really learn from. And that is, I'm not sitting here having to say, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. Look at me. Aren't I wonderful? Uh, you know, I'm just so wonderful. You've actually done a subtle promoting of who I am and what I do. You as a podcast host, you're taking your mega spotlight and you're shining it on your guests. Sometimes you probably have these like stratosphere guests and then sometimes you have these newbies, but you don't treat them differently. You treat them the same way. You shine a light on what it is that they do or the message that they can bring to your audience to make them gain confidence or uh, try or join the School of Podcasting or sign up with your hosting company, whatever that is. Um, I would say for all of you that are either watching or listening to this, go back and take note. Because Dave, you, you illustrated what an effective host looks like. And I think that's one of the most remarkable things that people need to learn about podcasting. For, for the most part, it's only audio. And so you're only hearing this. And it should be a conversation going both ways. It's always interesting when I interview somebody I know because it's really, it's, I mean, I have a few notes here that I'm writing down because you keep dropping golden nuggets. It's always fun to just kind of chit chat and you keep having, you have these awesome stories. So I've, I've already heard those, of course, at a conference. That seems that's going to be, the, I think, the title of this episode. One time at a conference. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good one. Now on the other side of the fence, what do you say to the person who is sitting where you were sitting? And they're worried about the tech and the fear and the I'm going to look stupid. And Oh, okay. So what I would say is get their... Get, get good equipment to start off. Get, sign up with School of Podcasting. Get some help. You know, somebody who is going to, to not make you feel like an idiot because you don't know how to strip audio or you don't know how to edit or whatever. If you're thinking of starting, it's possible. It doesn't cost a fortune. It does, it, it is possible. It's doable. There's a lot of talented, gifted people that would like to come on your show. There are a lot of people that have great podcasts that will reciprocate. They'll, you have them on your show, they'll have you on their show. Um, use your email list. Uh, that was one thing I failed to do early on. I just was so overwhelmed by everything that was going on, probably because just what was going on in our world. I didn't, I didn't utilize my email system the way I could have. So my first tip would be make sure that you send an email. And if you don't have much of an email list, don't worry about it. Just start with the 5 or 10 or 20 that you have. And the other thing I would say, Dave, is tell your listeners, even if you have 10 or 100 or 200 or 1,000, um, tell them what's in it for them why it's valuable for the for them to you know in my case I'm primarily speaking to women you know why it's important to tune in when you're on the treadmill or you're you know cooking dinner again or you're folding laundry or you're in a carpool line whatever it is that you acknowledge their time is valuable and that you appreciate them that you don't do this for you you're doing it 
for them. That is a, an important aspect to think about with your with your podcast is always having your listener in mind. And I didn't. There were times some conversations were like burning passions. We're going to have this conversation. But that's good because it's it's honest. It's transparent. It's coming from your heart. And that's how people kind of get to know you. Like, no, I want to talk about this now. So what have you seen in changes? I mean, since we start, since I started this in 2020, the world's changed. What have you seen change? Well, a lot of people started a podcast because they were bored. Mm. And that's not always the best reason to start a podcast. It is. It's something like that. But for me, a good podcaster, it does exactly what you just said. They're always thinking about their audience. How can I serve my audience? Whether that's making them laugh or think or inspire or motivate or whatever it is, it's all about the audience. And I think some people were just to flip that then if it's I'm bored and I'm under quarantine for the next two weeks, I need something to entertain me. So I'm going to start a podcast because I'm bored. I'm not saying that won't work. I'm just saying from what I've seen, that's not the blueprint for a great podcast. Well, I'm trying to think that book, I think it's called Atomic Habits. It's either Atomic Habits. He talks about... You got to change things up because sitting in, you know, keeping your butt in the seat and talking on a microphone to people you can't see, it can get boring for certainly, certainly for certain personality types. They lose interest rather quickly. You know, I've done that next. So you do have to change it up. And like I said, there have been times, I mean, there have been times I've wanted to quit. I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm. I'm not in the millions. I'm not even in the hundreds of thousands. Um, Am I even at a hundred? You know, there were times as as growth can be painful and slow. And it's like we want a microwavable version to life. Instant. But that's the best analogy. We We put the bag of popcorn in the microwave and we want it done in two and a half, three minutes. Whereas good popcorn. You put it in the kettle with the coconut oil and you adjust that temperature or you take that that food that you were going to just like throw on the grill or throw in the oven and you you put it in a slow cooker. And just kind of getting the idea that over time, all those flavors, they start to um, come together and they really come to life. So if you're going to jump into podcasting or maybe my encouragement to your listeners is, Dave, you've been doing this a long time, like decades. I mean, how long have you been doing this? 17 years. Yeah, that was close. (laughs) So in order for you to have success, and I by no means am, you know, raking in the, the millions of downloads, maybe one day, every time I go in my kitchen, and that's why I say microwavable version, most people have a microwave. And every time they use it, it can remind them it's not done in two and a half to three minutes. It, it might take two and a half to three years. Are you willing to gut it out when you don't feel like showing up? Are, when you don't feel like you have anything to say, are you going to dig deep? Are you going to stay committed uh, to your listeners, to the message, to maybe it's the calling that you have? That's where the rubber meets the road, in my opinion. Well, that's my question. So... On those times when you felt like quitting, what stopped you from quitting? I got a text message saying, 
I need your podcast by 8 a.m. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I will t- say I did end up hiring a sound engineer who who takes my you know my handy dandy little recording from my roadcaster, and I uh, we have our little system. And we do all the little things. And then I hand it over to her, mostly because I speak on stage. I do radio. I do television. I am now having a co-host on a radio station and my podcast. So for me, I got to that point where I, I needed to offload the thing that was the most difficult and editing and checking all the boxes. Not that I can't check a box, but we need to know our giftings. And that clearly wasn't mine. And so I was able to hire someone who does my sound engineering. And I basically every week, because I'm paying her in money, I am not going to not do my part. And my part is getting my podcast recorded. There've been a few times that I've had to say, you know, cut me some slack. I'm going to be a few hours late because, you know, I was out of town or something like that. But that's really how it's worked for us. Accountability is a huge component of success in absolutely anything. It could be your spouse, it could be your friend, it could be your roommate, it could be your boyfriend, it could be anybody. Just somebody that's going to to nudge you. Um, the other thing I would say when you're thinking about your your listeners and about what you want to say, and that is be real and be authentic. Don't share too much. You know, you don't need to vomit on people, but they want to get to know you. And there was something, I am clearly no Rush Limbaugh, but I study people and what they do and how they do it. So when I'm teaching like understanding your strengths, even if it's like understanding your children, understanding your spouse, understanding people in general, you have to pay attention and you have to study them. So in order to have a good podcast, you, I would encourage people to study how other people do things. How, how do they tell? Do they start with a story? What's the flavor of what they're sharing? And do they change it up? Or is it the same or blah, blah, blah? That's important. Uh, it's important to keep your listener tuning in. Well, tell us about the book that you have. The book that I have is called Parenting Beyond the Rules. Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. It was the book that I never thought I would write. I thought I would write a a corporate book or a strengths type, strengths leadership type of book, but a parenting teens book, that just sort of came out of left field, but I knew it was what I needed to write. And it's specifically focused on the teens and tweens because that's when our kids are struggling the most. And little did I know that in 2019, when when it was released, I had no idea how greatly impacted teens and tweens would be and families in more particular. And so God just kind of put that before me before I even knew what it was because that wasn't the title of the book. Uh, I, I really focused, Dave, on your children are a masterpiece. And I would say to your listeners and your viewers, you are a masterpiece. You're, you have different colors and, and, and a masterpiece is, is unique. It's original. It's, it has different color schemes. It has different brush strokes. Even if you tried to replicate it, you wouldn't fully be able to replicate it because there are things you're going to see the first time that you don't see the second time. But people are a masterpiece. And so often, Dave, especially now, we're, we're hard pressed. We're stressed out. We're full of anxiety and isolation. And when people start to realize, I am a masterpiece, when your kids start to realize, 
I belong here. I belong with this family or your listeners. I, this is my people. This, this guy, you know, school of podcasting, they get me or equipped to be. She understands what it's really like going through it. And she's authentic. She's not one person on air. And then, oh, if you only knew her when she wasn't on camera. <laughs> I mean, um, that's not a cool thing. Uh, no. So I hope that helps. Yeah. And then can you, I know you're working on a new project. Can you talk about it yet or is it too soon? I'd have to kill you. All right. Well, sorry. next time. But I will say (laughs) this for all of you that are listening. So it's getting ready. My agent has it and we're getting ready to pitch it. Uh, We have some very, I have some very specific, just like you asked me earlier, like what would you do different? Everything we do, we have to start someplace. Uh, you don't become a chess master on your first, you know, game of chess. Or if you're a video game, video game player, you don't become some whiz bang, you know, video player. It takes a lot of time and intentionality. And so, I've learned a lot, just like with podcasting, what I would do differently. I would focus on my email list. I would make sure that I stay. You know, being consistent is really important. Your audience will forgive you if you have an off show, as long as you're showing up and your stuff is at least somewhat, you know, it's tailored to them in indirect ways. Even if you fumble a little bit, I want people to understand uh, that I'm about hope and encouragement and I'm a bridge builder. I am a connector and a relator. I think that's why I go to so many conferences. I, I really like to infuse hope and help. And when you get to a certain, I guess, age and you have older children and I've had a lot of success in the corporate world with being a spokesperson for a large company. I think it's a Fortune 50 company now and had several businesses. It it was just a perfect time. So the next book will be, uh, I've got some great people that are encouraging me and giving me some tips and pointers. Oh, can I share another tip? How are we doing on time? It's a podcast. <laughs> we can go as long as you want. <laughs> um, so I would say be generous. Just be generous. Uh, don't be stingy. Don't don't think that you're going to get every podcast listener out there. You're not. Or you're not going to get every person, in my case, like with my book, uh, Parenting Beyond the Rules. I'm not going to get every parent that has a teenager. But I am going to get the parents that realize, man, I'm, I'm down to the wire here. I, I want to finish well. I want to have a relationship with my kids when they don't have to be around. I, I want them to call me and say, hey, you want to go to a movie? Or hey, we're going to go to dinner. Do you want to join us? And honestly, we have a big tribe of people. And, but yet, we still get together every Tuesday night for dinner. It's, it's a beautiful, remarkable thing. And I am all about the power of relationships. So when I go to conferences, when I do the podcast, when I go on television, when I'm writing my books, I'm always thinking about the relationship. If like we started this, I have to go back. So y'all need to go back. If you're just tuning in, go <laughs> back to the beginning of the show. Because Dave and I were talking about how we connected. Dave wasn't getting anything from it. He didn't sell me school of podcasting. It was an option and an offer, but I was drowning uh, in a sea of everything that had happened. But he was generous and he gave real help and not, well, you should just sign up for my school. You should sign up for this. You should do that. It was, here are some things to help you. If you are a generous person, it'll come back to you in spades. There is room for you in the podcast world. There's room for you on television and radio and podcasting. 
the table's not full. But if you are a person who lives a self-centered, all about me, scarcity mindset, those are the people you're going to attract. If you want to attract the people that you like hanging out with, then that's who you need to look for and associate with and be free in giving out your information to help because somebody helped you. And Dave, you helped me and and you still do. I mean, I hit you up the minute I saw you at the podcast. Hey, (laughs) what should I do? (laughs) And um, you and your cohort there opened my account and I was a little discouraged. I went to this conference thinking, Dave, I'm, it's time. I'm either going to monetize it or I'm closing it down. It's time. <laughs> and you know, everybody asked, so by what week should I start monetizing? <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. well, if you're Brene Brown, maybe week one. But if you're like the average person, it's going to take you a little while. Be a person who's generous. Uh, generous with your time, generous with your talent, generous with just building a relationship and it will come back. It just, it's the multiplier. That's it. And for me, I see it's actually selfish. It sounds weird. Helping people is selfish because it makes me feel good. Mm. So uh, for me, one of the things I struggle with, although I'm getting better at it, is at the school of podcasting, I have to convince my students, please email me please, there's a chat box, hit the chat box. If you see it, that means I'm there. And if you can see it, that means I'm okay to be interrupted. It's not really an interruption. I'm sitting there wishing somebody would hit the chat button. And so... Watch out. Your inbox is going to be really full. (laughs) So ConnieAlbers.com is where you can find that book, where you can find her podcast, Equipped to Be, and all future uh, success that will be on her website as well, I'm sure. So Connie, thank you so much for... uh, coming on and sharing all the lovely things that have happened to you and, and may more and more wonderful things happen to you in uh, in the future. I really appreciate your time. Oh, I'm honored to be your guest. I just really, truly appreciate you and all that you do. God bless. Such a great talk with Connie. In her case, she said it was the technology. She was worried about that. But look what happens when you work through your fears. Great things happen on the other side. The other thing that jumped out at me And it's kind of a a religious thing at times, maybe, but Connie has a calling. She has a calling to help parents. And I think that's one of the words I'm going to start using, because if you feel called to do something, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. But if you're like, look, the universe, God, invisible sky, buddy, whatever you want to call it, the energy is calling you to do this. That's the person I feel sometimes that needs to start a podcast. The person that's like, hey, what's the subject that I can put the least amount of effort into that'll make the most amount of money in the smallest amount of time? That's not a calling in my book. But a thanks to Connie. Links to everything out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash eight to five. If you feel calling, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener. I'll make this quick. I mentioned I'm starting a new podcast. This is one of those shows I do that's kind of a test, and you can find it at podcasttrailershow.com. And here's the lesson that I always tell everybody. Go and make a couple episodes and see how much time it takes to create an episode, then pick your schedule. And I'm using audrey.io to find podcasts with trailers, and it does make it easier 
but it doesn't make it easy. So originally that was going to be a daily show, and that's now going to be like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe Tuesday, Thursday. It's not going to be a daily show because I took time to do a couple episodes and then went, oh. So that's how you pick a schedule. Record a couple episodes, and much like I also, my first trailer I threw away was awful. And so record a couple episodes, throw those away, Figure out how much time it takes to make an episode, then you pick your schedule so you can be consistent in your schedule, but also so you can be consistent in quality of the content of your episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great podcaster with always great advice is Danny Pena. I actually interviewed him today. You'll hear it in the future, and you can subscribe to the podcast for free by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. You'll see all the popular links are there. And here's a quick snippet from my interview with Danny. And master your craft. I think that's like the most important thing to me too. Because if you're just thinking about the numbers and thinking about the sponsors and you're not mastering your craft and you're not building your community, you're never going to get those opportunities at all. So that interview will be a little bit like this interview with Connie with a lot of, hey, here's what's going on because of my podcast and with Danny. Yeah. He ended up with a giant ad in times square. Yeah. That doesn't suck. Thanks so much for tuning in again, the website for everything today, school of podcasting.com slash eight, two, five, everything else you can find out at school of podcasting.com. And you can contact me there. You can subscribe to the show. You can join the newsletter. You can of course join the school of podcasting. It's all at schoolofpodcasting.com. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And I call them ponderables. I like that. You should trademark that. Ponderable? <laughs> ponderable. I'm sure somebody already has. Somebody way ahead of me. <laughs>